Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. For all your news on hockey, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, and more, you've come to the right place. And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. That's right, folks. We are back. Another episode of Garage Door Sports. Nick McVicker in studio, as always. But I'm joined through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone by my two amazing co-hosts, Kyle Vardy and Irfan Manji. Kyle, how are you doing today, man? Uh, feel like shit, but happy to be talking sports. So. I feel like you say the same thing every week. <laughs> I could just hit yeah. repeat all the time. Yeah, I just have a recording of me. It's probably easier. And Irfan, after a three-week hiatus, we are very happy to have hey. you back, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm happy to be back. I apologize for not being regular the last couple of weeks, but uh, yeah, you, it looks looking. Yeah, I know, but looking forward to it. And I'm glad we get to have uh, the conversation we're going to have today. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk some NC2A football, NFL football, little Champions League. But let's kick it off with our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy, calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferraro brothers, Daniel and Gabriel, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. If you want to take your special teams game to the next level, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. You can visit them at canadakickingacademy.com and follow them on Instagram, at Canada Kicking Academy. And today, in our kickoff segment, boys, we are talking golf. It's been a long time since we've talked golf on this show. We're talking golf because the Masters are coming up this week. And to give us a preview of what they expect, we are going to bring in our new golf analyst, Matt Hutt, former University of Ottawa golfer, golf Quebec golfer, as well as former Canadian amateur. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And I mean, whenever we have the Masters, it's always a big week in golf. Um, what are you looking for from this uh, Masters week? Uh, well, the main thing is going to be the weather. Um, uh, having it played in November instead of April is going to be a bit of a different scenario for all the golfers there. None of them have really played a competitive round um, at Augusta in November. Um, and so the weather is going to be different. It's going to be uh, uh, looking at it, it's going to be rainy most of the time. Um, so we'll see what the, that really entails. How big of an impact do you think uh, playing in November is going to be on the actual conditions of the course? Well, I, I think it's going to be wet. So you're going to get some longer shots into these greens. Um, some maybe seven irons, six irons that the players normally come in with pitching wedge. So that's going to definitely change up how you're going to approach this golf course. Um, the wind especially is also going to be uh, different right now. It's looking like Thursday, Friday, it's going to be fairly normal, but come the weekend, the wind's going to shift to the North and the uh, amen corner is going to be challenging. Um, it's you're going to see some high scores, I think on the weekend. Absolutely. I mean, the conditions are the big conversation piece right now. Everyone's worried 
that and no fans, how much do you think that's going to affect uh, the Masters, uh, the players? Yeah, I think uh, the, the long timers that uh, you look at Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods, Rory, uh, the guys who really feed off the energy of the fans, they're, they're going to find this different. Um, you're not going to hear the big roars coming out of the uh, pines and it, it's, it's going to be a different atmosphere for sure. It's not going to be a normal masters and that may actually encourage some of the new timers to come out and play some good golf. Absolutely. So with, with the, with it being played in November and the conditions that they are, do you think this plays more into the, the long hitters like DeChambeau or, you know, maybe the, the combo guys where like Wolf who can hit it long, but also has spin on their ball. Yeah, I, I think uh, you're going to look at the long ball hitters and it, it honestly depends on the wind. If, if the wind picks up at all, those long ball hitters that hit them above the pines, that's the ball is going to be going all over the place and they're going to find themselves in some problems. Um, but then at the same time, the short ball hitters who are trying to attack these greens um, from a bit of a longer distance, they're going to be struggling. I think they're, they're going to be coming in from very far away. Not to mention also, I mean, the greens are going to dry out. The Augusta's got a uh, very good aeration system underneath their greens, um, and they can dry out these greens very quickly. So if you're coming in from 200 yards, good luck keep, keeping a ball on the green. Um, <laughs> I, I'd lean probably closer to the long ball hitters uh, just because um, it is an advantage at this point. And uh, I, I'd see Bryson, I'd see uh, Dustin playing very well. Um, we're going to talk about the guy who we thought we talked about this a couple months ago as like the best golfer of all time, or at least top there. Uh, how's Tiger going to fare without obviously the fans, but, uh, he is defending his title. So how's that going to go for him? He is defending. Um, that, that's a, that's a big question there. Irfan. I, I don't know. Um, Tiger is been struggling the past couple months. He, he's gone back into a bit of back pain. Um, he hasn't played competitively in a very long time now. Um, and we'll see what comes out of him. There's no player on the course that knows Augusta National better than Tiger. And if there's anybody that can rise up to the challenge of different conditions, it's probably him. Um, that being said, he, he needs to come out to a strong start and try to hold on on the weekend. Absolutely. And I think uh, it's very clear when you look at the player's average score at Augusta National, there's only one player in the history who has a better average score than Tiger Woods at Augusta. And ironically, he's still playing. It's Jordan Spieth. What do you make of Spieth's uh, Masters run this year? Well, uh, Spieth is playing his seventh Masters, so a little bit more experience. I mean, we, we all saw the debacle that happened in 18 where he dunked two in the water on uh, the 12th hole there. Um, I, I think he's matured a lot more than when he started playing uh, seven years ago. Uh, he, he's got a definite chance. However, he hasn't been playing very well lately. Um, he's been missing cuts. Um, I think for Jordan right now, the, the best thing for him would be to just try to make, make it to the weekend. Um, and that should be his goal going forward right now. Um, his game isn't quite where it should be. Um, and maybe he can find uh, the genie in the bottle, so to speak. But uh, given what he's done this year so far, just making the cut would be a good accomplishment for him. It's amazing to think that even with that double doink into the water he had, he still has the best average of all time at Augusta. I mean, that's that's helped a lot by uh, his 15 win, right? Uh, the yeah, of course. 18 under, I believe it was. Um, but, I mean, anytime you get to the 18 under mark at Augusta National, your average is going to be really good. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Irfan, I know you had another question for I did. Um, earlier this week, I read something about Mickelson changing his driver. Uh, is that going to change any part of his game? Is that something he should be doing? Or, um, I mean, you know more about the clubs than I do, so. Well, to, I mean, to quote um, to quote him specifically, he's going to try to do long, nasty, straight drives. Um, and we'll, we'll see if that, that actually works out for him. He's switching up to the Maverick. Uh, Callaway still and uh, I mean Mickelson is is an odd one out in there he's playing extremely well Uh, he turned 50 years old this year Um, but if there's anybody that has a chance at actually winning a major if if even a Masters uh, I'd put it on Phil Mickelson to do it at a a late age Um, he's playing very well lately is there a reason why? Oh, sorry. Uh, go ahead, Irfan. Go ahead. Just a follow up to that. I think is there a reason why he's like gotten better as he's aged um, as a golfer? Because you know, it, it like he's just older, right? Yeah. Um. He's kept his uh, fitness up quite well. Um. He's been hitting the gym. I mean, you talk about his calves all the time on Twitter. Um. It's, it's a little bit strange, but hey. Um. No, he just he's kept the pace with the young players and has tried to keep his conditioning up a level um and uh, maturity plays a big role in that too this will be his 28th masters um just knowing the course here plays a huge role in how well you're going to do and I, I i could see mickelson at least making the cut if not even contending on the weekend i'm going to talk about something that's been brought up a lot this season in golf and it's the fact that Bryson DeChambeau is absolutely murdering golf balls and no one is really doing anything about it. Um, (laughs) How much do you think that has uh, brought fans who maybe aren't huge golf fans into the game because he just is doing something that we've never seen before? Yeah. I I mean, it's, it's the tiger effect of 2000. When, when tiger came in, he was just bombing balls and just kind of said, you know, it doesn't matter what you put in front of me. I'm going to have a sandwich into the green regardless. And this is kind of the attitude that Bryson has taken now. Um, it's always entertaining to watch, that's for sure. But when it works, it works really well. And when it doesn't work, well, <laughs> you can find yourself in quite interesting predicaments, especially at Augusta. And I think a lot of players, amateur players, really relate to that. They, they just want to hit the ball real hard and see what happens. Um, so Bryson has kind of taken that to the next level. Go, going into your – going into next weekend – who is your favorite to win and who is your underdog to win? Um, I look at Dustin Johnson, actually. Uh, he came off the tour championship, won FedEx cup. Um, last year he was the runner up. So he's gotten some experience and uh, I, I think it's time that Dustin Johnson actually steps up and wins a green jacket. Um, my underdog, I, I think I'd go with either uh, Matthew Wolf or Colin Morikawa. Um, both of them first time players at Augusta this year. Um, that could be an advantage because you don't necessarily know what not to do in certain situations and come November with different wind, uh, they won't be afraid of attacking the 11th green, or they won't be afraid of hit trying to hit the green in two on 15, just because the wind is off. Um, they've never experienced it. So maybe that'll play an advantage to them. I know the boys over in that betting house betting house pod this week we're uh, all on morikawa right kyle yeah morikawa uh justin and i had wolf and then i had dechambeau so hopefully all three pretty good picks <laughs> pretty good picks i mean you look at the odds dechambeau is the uh odds on favorite right now at nine odds 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I got him at 41 odds of two months ago to win the masters. So really? Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm actually impressed by that. I'm also surprised that tigers at 36 odds, but one name I'm a bit surprised that you guys haven't mentioned yet is uh, Rory McIlroy. Um, eh, it's, it's Rory. He's just going to be there. <laughs> He'll be there. He'll be around. He's been playing pretty well. So well, hopefully uh, that'd be my uh, favorite personal favorite. Personal favorite. See, he'll my be up there. Favorite but, is Ricky. Yeah. Rory will be up there, but he'll find a way to blow it. <laughs> on Sunday. On Sunday. No, hey. no usually, usually it's Saturday where he falls out of, out of contention. Yeah, yeah usually. Yeah. Sunday, he'll go out there and shoot how he should have shot on Saturday, and hmm. all of a sudden, he's five back. You're absolutely correct. Again, Ricky's <laughs> my guy. He's, he's, all, he's the colorful outfits, all the different random colors, purple, pink, orange, green, whatever he decides that day. And he shoots well at Augusta. He's one of the top five average uh, in the history. So, Yeah, he does. Um, he's been in the top ten in the last five to six years, I believe. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he, he plays well at Augusta, and that's what you need. He's just one of those guys that just can't get it done. That's, yeah. that's his problem. He will always be top ten, never top. <laughs> All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us uh, to give us the Masters preview. We will definitely have you on every time there's a major to uh, preview those as well. And any other big tournaments you want to jump on, you just let us know when you're in. All right. Hey, sounds good. Thanks a lot, guys. This was no fun. No problem. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Maddie. We're going to yeah. take a quick break now. And after we will talk NFL and NC2A. We are back. Matt did a great job with our preview. You will hear more from him next time there is a major. Let's get into the NFL talk, boys. And we are pretty much at midseason now. Everyone's going into week nine. And, man, that NFC East is just god-awful. I don't think there's any other way to put it than god-awful. I... I almost feel bad for the Cowboys just because of everything that they've gone through at the quarterback position. Like no one expected that. And if Dak Prescott is back there, how much better of a team are they? But still, you got to make, you got to make lemonade when life throws you lemons and none of the teams in the NFC East are doing that right now. No, to be honest, it's quite atrocious. If, if I'm being honest, um, I don't really think any team out of that division really deserves to make the playoffs. Um, the Eagles probably have the best shot, I guess. Uh, well, they're leading right now, so yeah, but that's not saying much. <laughs> no, just but the makeup of their team is better overall than the rest of the teams. Like, uh, yeah, Dallas, Dallas with no Dak Prescott, sure that makes a difference. But Zeke was playing like shit before that, anyways. Mm-hmm. He wasn't. He wasn't having a good season. Dak was having his best season ever. But they were still. I think they only had one or two wins at that point. Yeah, anyway. they weren't great they by any them. means. Um, so you know, I think they were two and four when he actually went down. I think is how it ended actually up going. So like, no, no, he went down week four. They were two and one when he went down. 
sorry. No, they were one in one and two. No, I don't think Dalton uh, won a game. Dalton didn't win a game, and Danucci de- definitely did not win a game. <laughs> no, for sure. I thought they had a losing record, to be honest. But e- either way, they 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 blew leads, couldn't come back. Um, it, it was it was a combination of just the fact that they really didn't deserve to win the games, and no. you know, to be honest, they, they kind of deserve to be where they are. So. Yeah, that's that's fair. Erfone, uh, what is your take so far? They've been sucky. No, I don't know. Uh, I mean, they're the only division I think that, that if it's on TV, I'm not going to watch just because, like, no one's really shown to me that they want to play. Like, the Giants, obviously, we, we discussed this. I think they're going to be at the bottom because they're still rebuilding or they're trying to figure out their team. The Cowboys were supposed to be better, right? They got a new manager, a new coaching staff. It's completely different. It just hasn't translated, and... I mean, I'm actually surprised that the Washington team is in second. I mean, they have two wins. I mean, it's not the best, but I mean, Ron Ooh, Rivera. Two wins. <laughs> but like comparatively, when you're you're looking at it and everyone's a win or two away from each other, it's. I, I thought they were going to be second last. I didn't think like the record that they have now is what I thought they would be at. Um, but the fact that they're sitting in second, it's a little it's it's a little damning because, like Kyle said, I don't think anyone in this division should be in the playoffs. They, they haven't really played well. And I mean, the Eagles have the potential to be really good, but they also haven't looked great, right? No. And they, the sad thing is, is that Washington's two wins, the Giants' one win are against division rivals. Like, they're they're not beating teams outside <laughs> of their division. It's just it's not happening. No. So you're looking at this and you're like, okay, well, how does a team like – how does a division like this deserve a playoff spot? And – I was talking, I know I was talking off air to Kyle um, a couple weeks ago. I think the NFL needs to put a rule in that if your division doesn't have anyone over 500, you don't get the automatic berth. Like, I think it's not right to have a team that, especially this year, where there's a very real possibility that the winner of this division is seven and nine. Or worse, yeah. Or in the Eagles' case, seven, eight, and one. Yeah, but worse. I mean, you look at the NFC West that has three teams over 500, like the the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and the Rams, and they've all been really good. So are you going to tell me that like those guys don't deserve to be there? And I'd even toss the 49ers, and they've gone through a rough stretch, but they're still better than, I think, the entire NFC East. This, this, year, this year, three of them will get in. There's three wild cards this year. So yeah. um, one of those teams who has a winning record is not going to get in. It'd be whether it'd be the Bears, uh, Saints, Cardinals, or Rams. One of those teams will not be getting in. Yeah. Um, and that blows my mind. There's, a cha- there's, there's actually a chance that the NFC West has four teams at 500 or better. Yep. Uh, no. There, no, there's a chance because right now San Francisco's four and five. There is, it, it's a chance. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there's a no. chance, Kyle. No. <laughs> yeah. There's a chance. You can't deny no. the fact that there is a statistical chance. I can 100% deny it. Explain. San Fran doesn't have a running back. They're on their sixth string running back. They have a backup quarterback who can't throw more than 200 yards until it's garbage time. Right. I'm just They're saying. Their right star tight end and they ha- their entire defensive line is gone. They have no shot in hell going 500. They're four and five right now. I said statistically, yeah. there and is a chance that it could happen. That was the games. statement. The statement was statistically, there's a chance. I mean, probability-wise, there is a chance, but 
with Kyle's um, yes. logical. Why? Logically, no. 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 <laughs> I get that. I understand what the statement was. But I said statistically, there is a chance that it could happen. I don't think it will, but there's a chance it could happen. Yeah, and there's said, a probability. No, I'm hit you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's crazy to think that there's a division that statistically four teams could be at 500 and this NFC East is going to send a team into the playoffs, most likely under 500. Like that, that is stupid. That is ridiculous. And I think the NFL needs to implement a rule that if you don't have a team above 500 in your division, you don't get the automatic berth. Now, if the team in first also happens to be the third, second or first wild card in a season, fine, they get in, but they get in as the wild card. Or I guess that would be the fourth wild card at that point because you would take one of the division leaders away, right? So you're mm-hmm. saying to go like old NHL Star Wars top eight teams? Well, no, I think if you have a div- like if your division still has someone above 500, that automatic berth gets put in, right? So, like the NFC West, the Seahawks that's, that's, right that's, now that's would how get they work in the NHL though, right? It was still top eight teams, but the division goes one to four no matter what, or one to three or whatever it ended up being. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm. But that also guaranteed that one team per division was in, just like the just like the NFL, because you I have guess. to have the division winner to be top eight, mm-hmm. right? I'm saying if the division winner isn't above 500, they don't get that automatic berth. If they happen to also be in the wild card spot, then they get the wild card, the lowest wild card, mm. right? No automatic placement into fourth. Yeah, I. I agree with how that would be, but I don't think it's feasibly possible at all. I don't it's think never going to happen. It's, no. it's, it's too many up in the air scenarios when the NFL just has it set and shut. If you win the division, you get this seed like that's. No. And I understand that it will never happen. Like I get that, yeah. but I just think it's not fair to drop a team who's been so good all year in favor of a division winner. Who's been poop. Like, let's be honest. The Eagles, who are currently in first in the NFC East, have not looked good this season. Mm-hmm. They've had spurts of looking good in games, but have not looked good for an entire game and do not look good. They also haven't been healthy all year. That's my biggest yeah. thing. And so I understand I, that. And you know what? They might turn it around. They, they're the one team I'm holding out on right now. Um, and they could very I, well. I, th- I think if they get truly healthy, there's a chance that they do have a winning record. And what we're talking about right now is, uh, is moot. But yeah. yeah. You can win like six in a row or something, or four in a row. Right, right now, they don't they don't have any wide receivers. They're kind of like the Patriots when Tom Brady was there. They don't have any wide receivers. Yeah. I'm not comparing Wentz to Brady. Don't start with that. <laughs> I didn't think you were, by the way. I'm just, but... I'm just more saying like the the lack of weapons that a quarterback has and what he can do with them. Wentz, with who he currently has, is doing as good of a job as he possibly can. Yeah. Right. When you when you have a guy who you know in Travis Fulgham who was not really supposed to play at all exactly uh, Greg Ward who came off of a I think he was with the Niners I think um, in the last couple of years or whatever and just is now their number two receiver it's kind of like not necessarily embarrassing but it's one of those okay, yeah, he has nothing. And then with Sanders out too, like yeah. looking at Boston Scott and he's filled in admirably for sure, but um, he's not it's Sanders. Not the offense that they expected. Yeah, he's not Sanders. That's the biggest thing. No. And I mean, I think you're right. And I think if they can get healthy, they could turn this around. But if we're looking at it right now, it doesn't look good. The Eagles have a bye week this week and then they take on the Giants and the Browns in week 10 and 11. 
And then they have to go through a gauntlet of four weeks where they play Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, and Arizona. And then they finish with the Cowboys and the Washington football team. That's a tough four weeks in the middle there. <laughs> to be honest, as long as they win their division games, I think they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Well, but winning just the division games puts them at six wins. Yeah, Adding the Cleveland game, if re- they win that one, that's seven. So you may, yeah, maybe maybe Cleveland, but realistically, I, I don't see them winning any against Seattle, Green Bay, Tampa, or anything like that. You mean New Orleans and Arizona? Potentially New Orleans if Breeze's shoulder. They don't play, they don't play Tampa. Up, potentially, they don't play Tampa. To be honest, I'm looking at the, the the schedule right now, and I like Washington to win this division. Really, Washington plays Dallas, Giants, Detroit, Cincinnati, Dallas, and then they play they play San Fran in Week 16. So if San Fran's still not healthy, there's a chance that they they could potentially yeah. pull something out there. Yeah, I guess I, I didn't think about that. They didn't they? Wait, you said they played Dallas this week. They played Dallas twice still. They just played Dallas. That's or, not possible. Sorry, 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 sorry. They play uh, New York this week. Yeah, uh, they play New York, Detroit, Cincy, Dallas. Cincy, Dallas. Cincy, I think, will be a tough game because Cincy actually has looked somewhat decent this year. Yeah, Joe Burrow's figured it out. Um, but San Fran could be interesting. Then they play – sorry, San Fran's in week 14 – yeah, week fourteen. So and Pittsburgh, then, San Fran, Seattle, Carolina, Philly to round out. It, it honestly could come down to that last game of the season to actually decide the, the division winner. So, could you imagine that a Washington Philly last game of the season decides the division game? Like, no, I would not have guessed that at the beginning of the year. Boy, it's one of those game. ones where if you're a wild card team, you are not worried about going into there. As a home, as a as a roadside in a in yeah. a division conference. Everyone's everyone's home record is. At five hundred or worse. Yeah. Even even then, though, it's it's the fact that you know one wild card team is potentially going to play. You know, um, either I guess the third division winner would be most likely the Bucks right now, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, and if one team has to play the Bucks, the other team has to play the Washington Football Team. I'm pretty sure I'll take the Washington Football Team right now. Yeah, the Bucks are currently sitting in first in their division, best because the Saints. Bye week already happened, so they're five and two. The Bucks are six and two. I was just more talking like tops the division, so it'd be like Seattle would be number one, Green Bay potentially number two, and then Bucks three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but Green Bay and the Bucks could flip flop depending on how things go. So yeah, but as you're saying though, I wouldn't want to play Green Bay or Tampa Bay right now over the Eagles. Yeah. No, no, not at all. No, I think anyone on any day. Home. Yeah. And you're going to be the top wild card, and that's probably going to be. Arizona, Los Angeles, Chicago, or New Orleans. I'm taking that first <laughs> the wild card round game against the uh, the NFC East any day oh, of the week. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Irfan, what are your thoughts? Me, and Kyle have talked a lot. No, man, I'm listening, guys. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm obviously going to say I agree with everything you guys have said, just because it makes sense. And I mean, we're looking at it statistically. We're looking at it logically. Okay, so we got both sides there. Um, <laughs> man, I think I would really like to see like it come down to the last day just because this division hasn't been fun to watch, right? Like, how, yeah. 
like how great would it be for like the bet makers, right? Like Kyle, how great would it be if the Eagles and the and the Washington team have to play off and the winner takes the division? Like I think that would a betting people would love. B, I think the fans would enjoy it considering we can't have fans in the stadiums. Mm-hmm. And I think the NFC East would actually have a story headline rather than injury bug for a really long time, right? Yeah, I know for sure. I think especially betting wise, it'd be good because if it is a division game to win it, the odds are super low, or the at least the spread is super low for each team. They won't have a, a you know a ten point spread for um, say the Eagles to beat the to to beat Washington. They're not going to have a ten point spread. It'd be more like three and a half, four and a half because it is a division game. Mm-hmm. They're not going to take any chances, and it definitely makes things a little bit more interesting for sure. Yeah. Speaking of betting, Kyle, who did you have this week? Who's your favorite pick this week from betting house? Um, God, you love it. What's your, what's your love it pick, my man? Um, my love it pick. Well, my locket pick is your locket, I guess. Yeah, my locket is Houston. Houston six and a half against Jacksonville. Um, Jacksonville playing a backup quarterback that I still don't even know his name. Um, Minshew's out. Minshew magic is over. So. Uh, there's that my love it pick is seattle um i love seattle over the bills because the bills have absolutely screwed me twice when i bet on them so (laughs) screw them um and then my again folks (laughs) my my like it pick is arizona minus four and a half uh i think two is a fraud right now wow Um, that's that's a bold statement no it's really not he had 90 yards passing in the entire let him throw i don't give a shit Miles Gaskin. How is he supposed to? My, you can if if you. Th- I'm pretty sure he threw it 20 times, and if he throws it 20 times, you should get over like 100 yards, at least. Plus, yeah. Miles Gaskins is out this week, so they have no running game behind him. Yeah. So, they're they're gonna make him throw it, and if he can throw it, all the power to him. But I don't think it's his time. I think it was a huge mistake taking Fitzpatrick out, and I really hope the Dolphins pay for it. So. I really hope the Dolphins pay for it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, there's this week is a, a very interesting week for betting. So uh, get your bets in early. Don't don't let it sneak up on you. I got a big parlay that we're not talking about. I don't want to jinx it. Well, but I'm talk about it after. If that comes up, oh, I might not be here next week. There are definitely some interesting lines for sure. Oh yeah. Um, I don't like a whole lot of them, if I'm being honest, but. Um, there are definitely some lines that could tickle your fancy, and holy crap, the Colts are favored. They were favored all week. No, they were not. I swear they were favored all week. No, the Ravens have been favored the entire time. So, oh, yeah, I guess they were. I don't know. I okay, got... well, you might sprinkle some money line on that. Here we go. Sprinkle, sprinkle. <sighs> Um. Yeah. So, that's that's NFL Week Nine, folks. Well, I mean that's NFC East Week Nine, and then a little sprinkle of betting involved. Quick question. Quick question. Yes, yes, ma'am. Who is the worst team in the NFL? We know the worst division, but who's the worst team? Is it still the Jets? Or sorry, the Jets, and they're still probably going to beat the Patriots this week. (laughs) Are they going to be one and nine by the end of the weekend? One and eight. One and one and eight. Sorry, one and eight. I don't know. I, I don't trust the Patriots in anything they do right now. So 
to be honest, to show up to show up on a Monday show up on a Monday night game, which I think is an absolute embarrassment to actually have them on a Monday night game right now. Um, well, that was a pre that was preseason. They were having Cam Newton for Sam Darnold. The Jets were not supposed to be this bad at the beginning of the season. They weren't supposed to be good, but they weren't supposed to be this bad. They picked a division game with the new look Patriots going up against the Sam Darnold led Jets, and it, it, it has backfired on the NFL. Yeah, so I, I would probably take Jets plus the points, to be honest. Um, I just don't trust that Patriots offense. I don't trust Cam to not fumble the ball on the six-yard line. We have a chance to tie the game. Um, the I, also don't, Thanks, I also don't trust um, Cam to not throw another two picks, if I'm being honest. Um, Even against that Jets defense, it would look 100%. 100%. So do you not start Newton, Cam? We don't do it? To be honest, no. Right now, I I would give Sidham the chance. Um, I think Cam has shown what he what he can do. Sure, the weapons aren't there right now because there's lots of injuries and stuff. I get that, but he's a mobile quarterback who should be able to run the ball and potentially open up spaces for other players, no matter who they are. And he hasn't done that. He also doesn't hold on to the ball well. Like I think this goes back to even some of the times in Carolina. Like there's chance there's a chance that if he gets out there. You can punch that ball free, and that's not what you want from a mobile quarterback. You want a guy no. who's going to hold on to the ball no matter what. No, not at all. So, so I, I think I'm with you that I think they need to give Stidham a chance at some point. Yep. Well, whether consider. It's this week or the next <clears throat> and okay. to, be honest, to be honest, I don't think Stidham is the guy. I, no, I really I'm not don't. saying he is, but no. I think you got to give him a chance to see what you have. But you have, yeah, you have to give him a shot to see is there any chance that you know, hey, maybe we did make a good pick in the third round, but. Or you show him off, and even if you're not 100% convinced, if he does anything well, you flip him and try to get more picks or something, right? Like, there's there's always that option. If you put if you don't put him in, you can't get anything for him. Because mm-hmm. yeah. no one's going to no trade a third or second round pick for a guy who's never played a game. It's just not going to happen. I don't think he's worth I'm not saying he's worth that. I'm just saying yeah. that. No, no, I'm just saying the, the trade deadline has gone and passed, and it was – I'm talking more offseason. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just saying it was – I thought there was gonna be a lot more deals. Like to be honest, I thought it sounded like there was on, but apparently nobody offered anything. So, Irfan, we both cut you off there. Did you have something no. you want to add? No, I was just gonna add the Patriots are not at home on Monday, and they're already zero and three. So, if you're betting, I'm supporting the betting house here. If you're betting, um, Jets might be the way to go, which is sad to say, but and yeah. it's, it's it's up to eight and a half points. So plus eight and a half points for the Jets if you want to. I took him at plus seven earlier this week and I was confident with that plus seven. I thought this was either going to be a shootout or the Jets might actually win this one. I don't think either offense can can support a Sorry. shootout. Sorry. Shootout in the sense that it's going to be like a two-point game or a three-point game. Like it's not going to be it's not going to be I think as I said I took them at plus seven. I didn't think the Patriots were going to beat them by more than a touchdown. It's just not a thing. Watch it be a blowout for some team. Listen, Irfan, if it gets to that, it's the Monday night game. Like, there's a chance that I've already cashed out my bet. So. By the way, while we're on the, while we're on the topic of betting, if yes, you ma'am. do bet, take the Vikings right now, by the way. I took them they're, already. They're at minus four odds right now. And That's what I got it. That's what not, I got it at. Yeah, it's still at minus four, and Stafford got ruled out, and Galladay got ruled out. So, okay, put money down, Irfan. Come on, get on <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't bet, guys. That's why I just support you. <laughs> it's a bad yeah. decision. You need to put money on this. <laughs> you need to throw your money away. Let's go. Hey, it's not as bad as some of the boys on the on the podcast. But... 
So, okay, question then, because I'm probably the amateur when it comes to, to betting. If I, if I was to bet on the Vikings, um, how much should I put down and how much am I expected to return? Right now, if you take their spread, it's 1.9 odds. Okay. Um, a lot of the times I end up parlaying it with some of the other games I like, just trying to get the odds up. Um, so if I were to take, say, the Vikings, uh, I like I like the Ravens plus one. Um, and then I will do – come on, come on, scroll down. My computer is slow as hell. Um, Let's put it this way. I bet on all 14 games this week at $1. Mm-hmm. And yes, there's a parlay bonus of five thousand seven hundred. Um, so my total return, if I hit all of them, is fourteen grand for a one dollar oh. bet. Yeah. So if if I if I just do like a three game where I take you know Seattle, Baltimore, and Minnesota, it's six point nine five odds. So you put say you put twenty bucks down, that's about a hundred and thirty ish dollars, give or take. Um, plus there's about a 10% bonus. So you'd get about another $25. Mm. So. You can learn all this on the podcast. No, for sure. Yeah. I was just curious. No, and, and then, and then the picks I made for you, the, the, the Tuesday looked great. Tuesday. We were awesome. Me and Kyle talked about all these picks before by one game. Cause Atletico just couldn't score. And then on Wednesday, I, I don't want to talk about it. Well, okay. I actually looked at it. I think you still went five for eight. Yeah. Like, I think overall you were 12 of 16 in Champions League matches this week. Yeah, and then I had Lazio as the individual pick, and they ended up drawing, and it kind of pissed me off. But no. We came tough. in struggling. We, You and me talked about that one being a tough one to actually bet on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Let's move on to NC2A. We'll come back to Champions League because I do want to talk Champions League before we go. Let's move on to NC2A, and me and Kyle – we're unbelievably frustrated with this last week, and we just have to talk about it. NC2A rankings are ridiculous. It's, it's as simple as that. The AP Top 25 always has baffled me, but this year especially, I don't understand how they're coming up with some of these placements. You have a 1-0 Wisconsin team sitting above undefeated teams in the top 10, Oregon, who has not played a game yet, is 12th. How? How does that make any logical sense in anyone's head that a team that hasn't played a game is still in the top 12 yeah. ranking system? So I saw that, and... I was confused because you, you mentioned mentioned it saying that this would be our topic. And I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. How is it that Clemson has played seven games, but you're comparing a team that hasn't played any at 12? So I read up on it and it, it comes down to the press saying, well, this is what we predict is how they'll finish, right? Which I still don't think it's 100% fair because if you haven't touched the ball, there's teams that are fighting to play. And like, based on what I'm understanding is like the top teams are the ones that go into the playoffs, right? Like it isn't, four right yeah the top four from what i'm understanding so like right now the cutoff is ohio state is in with two wins but why isn't cincinnati there they're five and oh or byu who's seven and oh why aren't these BYU, teams... byu is now eight and oh because they they're just hit no, on boys oh. <clears throat> and they look damn good okay so i have the one that was updated well no, 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 ago, last, right? no. Going I, into i'm just, this I'm just more trying to cement your point it's the fact that byu yeah. is now eight and oh 
They beat Boise State, who was a top 20 team. Yeah. And still probably won't get the recognition they deserve. No. No. They're, like, they're sitting at nine right now going into this week. They won't get above five. Yeah. And they're eight and oh, that's ridiculous. I'll even toss Liberty down there. They're 25th on the list that I have. They're six and oh, right? Or maybe they're seven and oh now, but they're six and oh. Like, I don't, I, I, I think it's dumb. I think for teams who, I understand the COVID situation and the inability to play, but I think maybe split up the divisions or have multiple playoff rounds or multiple championship rounds just because, right? Like, I don't know. Like, I think no, that's fair. I, I agree with you that they might need to expand it to eight. Um, this college playoff, the college football playoff is still relatively new. I think it's only in the fifth season of having the college football playoff, right, Kyle? Something like that? Yeah. They're very young. Yeah. They're about it's still six very years. young. And they've talked about expanding it. And I think they'll get to that point. Um, now, in a normal season where everyone plays the same amount of games, the rankings are a little bit easier to figure out. And usually the top four teams are the top four teams. Like, mm-hmm. to be honest, usually that's how it ends up. This season's going to be a challenge. And I think Ohio State is actually a top four team. They're two wins. They've looked very good. Yeah. I just, I was, I'm just struggling with the teams that we haven't seen yet. Like, I think yeah. maybe See, like, predictions is one thing, but you can't be putting teams that haven't played in a top ranking because let's say they don't play a game, right? Like, because their games start getting canceled because of COVID, right? So let's right. say Oregon goes the rest of this season and plays one game. Do they still deserve to be a top 25 team? No, they have one win. No, potentially one. win. And and to be honest, like, yes, I agree. Ohio state is a top four team, but I don't think they should be top four ranked right now. No, no. I think you only played two games. Yeah. Yes. It's proven that you're a good team. If you win both of those, but you haven't proven anything until you at least are four or five and oh, because you can slip up. Yeah. And and in in you know those couple games, and, and I think that's where you know where the Alabama, Clemson, like uh, you can even throw Notre Dame in there, where they're they're undefeated. They've won at least six games. Yeah, they deserve Cincinnati to be right at five. Cincinnati's mm-hmm. looked damn good this year. They have. Yeah, Cincinnati's five and zero, oh, and they're they're ranked behind Georgia, who's four and one, which to me is like one of those that one I don't get either. Teams that you mm-hmm. lose a game, and there's a team that is right behind you in the rankings. There's no way that you should be above them. Yeah, I think I think AP is just looking to the future and saying, well, these are the games we want to see on national television, right? Yeah. It, it, they're they're basically controlling who goes through and who doesn't. Well, go through. that's the thing. The AP rankings have no control over the playoff. There's another set nope. of rankings that oh, start later. The, There's a playoff. What is it? Playoff committee? Yeah, the CFB or something. Yeah, CFB, CFP. Yeah, but like realistically, like they'll they'll throw this out, and the committee looks at it and they go, "All right, so it looks like the press want this. Maybe the coaches want this. Then maybe we'll favor it that way." No, or do they take in more than just one game? They take in stats from across the board. I think I think the committee they, takes a lot more in than just yeah. AP. They they take in strength of schedule. They take in your you know defense, offense, what your rankings are how the teams have fared against tougher competition, right? Yeah. So it's one of those, like, so say Notre Dame wins this week against Clemson, right, without Trevor Lawrence. Oh, yeah. But in the ACC final, Clemson beats Notre Dame, but it's a close game. There's a good chance that both teams get in. And in that case, let's say, so we're saying that Notre Dame wins this week handily because Trevor Lawrence isn't there, right? In this, I would, in this, I wouldn't in this say handily, but they in win. This hypothetical, yeah, yeah. right? We'll say they win by a touchdown, yeah, right? 
And then Clemson beats them in the ACC final by a field goal mm-hmm. with Trevor yeah. Lawrence. I would say that if it's my if it's my decision on that poll, Notre Dame goes ahead of Clemson. Potentially, yes. Um, I think the biggest thing is right. It all comes down to usually it comes down to if you have no losses or not. So I think right. even with them both having potentially one loss, there's a good chance they both get in because they've played top competition. They've played each other twice. And the difference to each other. That's yeah, the other. And, and the differential could be less than 10 points potentially yeah. between the two. Right. So um, like, I, I could see that happening. I, I don't, I guess I could see Georgia potentially sneaking in, but I highly doubt it. Um, Bama, I think is all, to be honest, all but a given. Um, Unless something happens, like you never know. They get catch a couple guys get COVID and mm. miss two weeks and they play AM, Florida, Georgia, or something in those two weeks. Potentially. There's two losses, right? No. That throws if you take if you get two losses, you're done. Let's be fair. If you get in two Alabama's losses, you're not case, I don't think now. you are. That's the only problem. Well, um, I'm just saying with all the teams that are undefeated right now. Sure, but I, I don't think I think there's there's a top end of schools and then there's secondary schools that, you know the the college playoffs don't actually want to have in the playoffs right is, is a cincinnati team who's undefeated going to draw as much as an alabama team with two losses no yeah. it's, just, it's just simple fact it's, it's not the name it's the name it's the name it's the biggest if you don't have nick saban in the playoffs because he has two losses people are gonna be like well they still deserve to be there they're the best team they're, they're, they're there and 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 people are going to be all up in arms about it. And then people are still up in arms about the, the AP top 25. And I'm sorry, Nick, your boys should not be in the top 25 right now. I agree. I'm not, I'm, yeah. you're not, you're not getting an argument out of me, buddy. Michigan no, I, I know. It's like, like, to me, it's like Oregon at, who hasn't played a game, USC who hasn't played a game or all top 25 teams. Michigan won their first game handily against a Minnesota team that I think right now, if we're looking at it, was falsely falsely ranked. Yeah, uh, 100%. Based on 100%. They um, and then Michigan goes in as 20.5-point favorites against Michigan State and loses. Yeah. So it's like it, it, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like some of these people that are, are doing these rankings are just holding onto that thread and hoping – and hoping that they go undefeated for the rest of the season. And it was just, Oh, it was just a fluke. It was just a one game thing. I I don't know. I I don't, I don't get the rankings. We've discussed this before. I don't understand it. And you know what? It's not just here. Go ahead. Sorry. I'll let you finish. No, I was just like, I don't understand it. I don't want to try to understand it. I just don't like how it's done. Um, I think there has to be teams that get more recognition. Um, Liberty, coastal Carolina, Mm -hmm. uh, BYU all have looked outstanding this year. BYU is 8-0 and has beaten Boise State, who was a top 20 team. Yeah. And they beat them by, th- what, 38 points or 35 points? I think it was 52-17. 51-17. Okay. But it was, like, it was like one of those, like, BYU was favored by, like, three points, and they absolutely shit on Boise State. They haven't like, given up more than 26 points this season, and they haven't scored less than 27. Yeah, and, and they're not going to get the recognition they deserve. They no. should be a top five, six team right now. Yeah, they should. And now I, I look, you look at their schedule, and their schedule isn't the greatest. They beat Navy, they beat Troy, they beat Louisiana Tech, who was supposed to be good this year. I think they were ranked at that point, weren't they? Uh, uh, I think at the beginning of the year, potentially. UTSA, they beat Houston, who's a good team. 
They'd be Texas State, Western Kentucky, and then Boise State. Like, yeah, their schedule isn't the greatest, but they're not – they've had one close game, and that was the UTSA game where they won 27-20. to 20. Every other won, game they've won, won by, by 20 them. points. They've won by 20 points every other game. That's ridiculous. And it's not just NC2A. Like, we can bring it up north to the U Sports top 10 rankings. Now, the, the rankings in U Sports – mean jack shit like they're they, they're just a ranking system for the sake of having a ranking system yeah but going into the season it's the same three teams at the top every year for football and that's fine it's western montreal and laval and then calgary or one of the teams out west is always ranked fourth yeah and then there's more U O U A teams usually after that four weeks into the year montreal has a loss because they played laval week three and yet they're, they're still third. And yeah. the undefeated team out West is still fourth. And then the second undefeated team in Ontario is fifth. That's That makes no sense to me. If you have a loss and these two teams are undefeated leading their divisions, like they, they should be there. Yeah. Western, at one point, Western had a loss. I think it was like our first loss in regular, in regular, regular season play. So we were like four and one. And the undefeated team in OUA was ranked below us. Like, I don't get what goes – I like, I understand that they're trying to say that this team is the best, but if they have a loss, that means this year they're not the best. They're not going to be as good so as you, everyone assumed that they were going to be. So why are we pretending that they are in a ranking system? So would you want to go by records? Like, it's I, I think records need reflective to play of a faster, but yeah. there has to be more than just brand name. Like, I get why brand name is at the top. I do. I understand the whole logic behind having Alabama at the top of a ranking. I do. I get it. But you have to, like, if you're, if this is the premier ranking system for your division, you can't be just relying on brand names because it's not right. We're going to take a quick break. We will come back with some champions league talk after this. We, I need to take a, a little bit of a breather. <laughs> And uh, we'll get we'll get into the Champions League conversation after match day three. We are back. Quick segment here. Champions League match day three has come and gone. And as we said, Kyle did pretty good on his picks. 12 for 16 is not a bad record. 75%. Kyle, you will take that pretty much every week. I will take that anytime. Uh, Tuesday was definitely a better day. Could have went a perfect eight for eight. But uh, a little Atletico Madrid couldn't figure out how to put the ball in the back of the net. They got one, didn't they? Oh, I know it's one one. I don't care. <laughs> I just wanted to win. I mean, the uh, highlight of that game was uh, Luis Suarez peeking over the referee's shoulder when he was looking at what far. That was the highlight of that game. What did he do? Uh, so the referee was checking VAR for a call or something on the field, and then he just peeked over the referee's shoulder to oh, see. Geez. Yeah, yeah. 
I heard um, a very different word, and I was very, very confused there for a second. Oh, no, no, no. He looked over the, the referee's shoulder and then got a card for no, it. I, I know what you heard, Nick. It was not peeing over the referee's shoulder. <laughs> That's what I heard. I'm like, what, what did I miss? Peering over the referee's shoulder. Um, if he peed on the referee, I don't think he'd be playing for a while. Well, you said no. over. I'm like, how did he, like, did he aim? Very confused. Stop <laughs> overthinking it. Stop overthinking it. Move on. You really, really had to confused. go. Lots of water. Fully hydrated. <laughs> I was confused. Um, but let's get into some of the, the results. And you already talked about the Atletico tying uh, locomotive. Uh, Munchen Gladbach picked up a big 6-0 victory over Shakhtar because Shakhtar forgot to show up. Yep. Like, I don't know. They were looking good in Champions League prior to that. Not great, but they were looking good. but just forgot to show up. Uh, Bayern 6-2 over Red Bull Salzburg. That was a good game. Real 3-2 over Internacional or Inter Milan for you. For people like us who don't listen, list them as Internacional. Uh, City 3-0 over Olympiacos. Yes. Huh? It was Inter Milan, but yes. I said Inter Milan. Okay. It's like their technical name is Internacional. Well, I don't care. Well, See. I have to say it that way. <laughs> uh, City 3-0 over Olympiacos. Porto 3-0 after over Marseille. Ajax picked up the 2-1 victory over Michelin and Liverpool absolutely destroyed Atalanta 5-0. No. Weren't, weren't one of you guys saying you were super high on Atalanta? I said I think they look good this year, but I, this is going to be yeah. a tough match. Because you and me talked about it, and I said Liverpool's going to win this match, but I like Atalanta this year. And they should have been closer. Possibly to come out of the division. L- yeah. Liverpool's odds went from like 1.8 to 2.25 before the game, and I was like, Done. No problem. <laughs> Done. Smash. Um, and then do we want to talk about how your boys did on the next day? I was going to. I was going to get uh, Irfan's thoughts on Tuesday first, and then we're going to go to Wednesday. Ah, that, okay. was, that, that was the plan. I'm going to get there, and we're, we're going to rip on United a little bit. But Irfan, okay. thoughts Tuesday. A uh, couple of good games. Uh, Gabe and I talked about the ajax Midland game just because Ajax were missing an entire first team, basically, and still pulled up a win. I mean, obviously, it's against Midland, but still, I think it helps Ajax significantly with Atalanta losing. Um, I didn't see a blowout with Liverpool coming up. I thought it'd be a closer game, but... Uh, the pace of Liverpool absolutely wrecked Atalanta in every part of the pitch, which if you're a Syria competitor, you exploit that as much as you can because Atalanta has been walking over teams there. Uh, another big game, that Bayern game, it was 2-2 up until the 78th minute and Bayern scored four in the last 12 minutes. So um, if you're going to bet, you can bet on them. They're they're very, very good. Um, Muchin Gladbach, uh deservedly handed Shakhtar a loss. I mean, Shakhtar is also in a group where I think Real Madrid has looked flat and Inter has looked flat. Um, And that Real Madrid-Inter game wasn't good at all. Like, it was just, it was boring from a perspective of a fan. I mean, yeah, it was 3-2, but it's not indicative of how the play was. I think Conte tried different things and it didn't work. And Zidane just relied on his young guns and they came through and both teams are not looking great. So if you're looking to see who comes out and it's not one of those two, then I think Gladbach proved that they're good. And I'm, and I'm sure Shakhtar will bounce back, but 6-0 is a bit of a drubbing if you're looking at it that way. Yeah, I was, uh, was kind of surprised by that one. That one... Yeah, again, Shakhtar, I thought it would be closer. Shakhtar had looked good. They were 1-1, one one, like one win, one draw mm-hmm. prior to that match. And like right now, if you're looking at the group standings, 
you do realize that Real and Inter are at the bottom, right? Mm-hmm. It's Munchen Gladbach's in first and Shakhtar's in second. Yeah. But the fact that Shakhtar lost in Kiev, like that blows my mind because they don't they don't struggle at home. They struggle away from home. Yeah. It, it was it was a very, very odd match for sure. But but that that's that's a huge win for Real, right? They were dead yes. in dust, yes. right? Yeah. And 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 w- winning against that inter team who I think we're all kind of surprised that Inter and Real are both at the bottom there, but um well, well Conte's record in, in Europe hasn't been phenomenal, no. right? And I think that's the issue. Whereas I think Zidane's record in Champions League is better than a lot of the managers currently coaching, aside for a few of them. So I think you're right with that. Sorry to jump on you there, but no, I think Real Madrid should be higher than they are, but it's not happening. Well, they just no. don't look good this year. They don't look set no matter what the competition is. They're just not looking confident. They're getting I mean, wins in Spain just because... Yeah, they're smacking teams in Spain. But the Spanish League, we've talked about this, the Spanish League is not very good outside the top four, Two, three, five, yeah. maybe. No, like yeah. I'm, I'm going to include Sevilla and like those kind of teams. Like The top five are good competition, not great, but good competition. The rest of that division is bad, and you know, we're seeing Barcelona and Real not beating up on them like we're used to this year, and it's kind of just like well, Barca's a different story. That, it is. I'm just yeah. saying. I'm using. I'm saying both of them though. It's just not right. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe Real needs bail back. Maybe he was just the <laughs> sitting on the bench just as a cheerleader. Exactly. You need a golf every, champion every, on your needs team. Those type of players, man. Everybody needs those type of players. Yeah. <laughs> We're, we're used to those type of players, Kyle, you and me, on our teams growing up. True. True. Um, let's move on to the Wednesday games. Uh, full slate as well. I'm going to go through them all. Then we'll talk. Clearly, Kyle wants me to talk about United, so I will. <laughs> um, Zenit Lazio 1-1 draw. Uh, United lost 2-1 to Istanbul. Basak Sahir. I hope I said that right. Yeah, that's that pretty is, good. That's a tough one. Uh, Chelsea 3-0 victory over Rennes. Uh, Sevilla 3-2 over Krasnodar. Uh, Dortmund 3-0 over Club Rouge. Barcelona 2-1 over Dinamo Kiev. Juventus with a 4-1 victory over... Oh, I'm going to screw this one up too. Ferenc Varos. And Leipzig 2-1 over Paris. Wednesday had a much tougher name schedule. Um... <laughs> Pronunciation-wise. Just a little bit tougher. Yeah, I think all of those sort of went the way I thought, except for maybe the United and, I mean, you can even say the PSG game. Uh, Irfan, what are your thoughts? And then I'll, I'll jump on United. And uh, that PSG game went exactly the way I thought it would, considering, yeah, I'll be real with you. I think without Bappe, without Neymar, without Akardi, no Verratti in the middle, it takes away. Yes, yeah. They had five key starters missing, and I think that took away from their ability to control. Like you had Ander Herrera being the guy trying to pick your final pass. And unfortunately that doesn't work for a guy who's more of a, I'm going to get in your face and take a ball away from you versus a guy whose ability to spread the play is a little different. Like it's not the same as Marco Verratti. Could no, do. definitely or, not. He's, he's good. He's just not as good as well. Yeah. And I mean, Moises Keynes looked good in Paris. Um, I think it's been a good loan deal for him. I think he's able to exploit different pockets that he wasn't able to do under Ancelotti, but also Ancelotti didn't believe in him enough to play him. Yeah. Um, that's that's but another no, I, issue. <laughs> but I do think that that result. Um, went the way that it should have gone. I think Leipzig 
are doing well in the Bundesliga, I think. Uh, but you know what? If Paris have their three or four best players or five best players, I think it's a different game. Um, I'll let you tackle I'm... the United game, but. Sorry, I I was going to cut you off there for a second. Go ahead. What do you think it means for PSG with having two red cards in that last game? Like Like against Leipzig? Yeah. I I think when they don't have their star players or they don't have players that are going to let them win, they get a little abrasive. Like, I mean, Thomas Tuchel has not seen eye to eye with Leonardo for a while. And I mean, for once he took Karazava off and put in another left back rather than going more attacking minded. So, I mean, obviously it's the personnel that he doesn't have, but I, it just comes down to the coach not believing in the guys he has. And I think the players are just being abrasive. They're just flying in. Cause they're like, well, we can't, we can't outscore them now. So we're just going to lunge in. And I think that just shows that, that they weren't prepped for the game, even though they knew Leipzig is a good team coming into it. Right. Yeah, for sure, and I think it, it does. It does have to play into effect uh, how they set up for the next match because that means those two players are not playing yeah. in their uh, match day four, where they're taking on the same Leipzig team, and that could be that could be a huge factor in how the group finishes. Honestly, it's open with that with United losing. With Leipzig winning, and I mean, there was a couple of sitters for Di Maria in that entire game that could have gone to 3-2 or 2-2, right? So I think fixing those little things and not giving up a penalty and not yeah. getting carded and, and making positive uh, changes, not defensive changes when your team needs a goal, I think is important. But again, you need somebody who can do more than Under Herrera did, and I'm a huge fan of him, especially from his United days, I think he's a great player, but he's not the guy that's going to pick that final pass for you that you need. Speaking of United, they could use Ander Herrera right now, but that's a whole other issue. Um, they are they are in shambles, and I can't figure out like I can. I know why they don't have a center defensive mid who can complement the two center backs, and they don't have um, the distribution in that midfield right now to really cause problems with some of the other teams and it's going to be it's going to come down to they need a good transfer window in january or else they are screwed like there is no hope at this point for them to finish in a in a european spot unless they figure out a transfer window steal yeah but like a smart buy right like a smart buy not a a, i'm in a a midfield not oh we don't need sancho in january no 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 but i'm just saying like have a smart buy don't pay a hundred million dollars for a guy when you can get a bargain deal for it Someone who yeah, can do something yeah, with they less. Need to figure something out, and like they need a true center back complement to Harry Maguire, or instead of Harry Maguire at this point. Yep. And I don't think everyone's ripping on Luke Shaw and Juan Bissaka and all this stuff. I don't think it's their fault, really. I do think it's the center defensive mid, the, the center backs and the center defensive or the center mid issue yeah. is Spare where they're struggling. Shut up. <laughs> Well, there was one goal where there's three United players all together, and there were the defenders and the center mids, and then there's two uh, Istanbul players. Like, realistically, I saw that, that was, that was I a little last, ridiculous. So I didn't actually get to watch this game, unfortunately. But um, I, I, I did. It was sad. <laughs> it's not good. It's, it's, a, it's a problem, and they have to figure something out because at this rate, they're not – they, they might get out of this group in Champions League. I will say that just because I don't think this group is overly difficult w- the way the way it's set up right now. 
No, and I think with PSG being out and injured and struggling against Leipzig, I think this is their chance. Like, if they won this game and then drew their next game or won their next game, they're into the next round, right? Um, I don't know. I think if they win next game, they're through. Yeah, potentially. Assuming assuming Red Bull beats PSG again on match day four because of the red cards and injuries. If United win their next game, they're through. The, the only thing I'd be worried about potentially in that would be uh, Mbappe being back and potentially even uh, yeah, there's, there's well. potential for everything, right? So I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. I'm just saying like, as of right now, because United beat PSG and um, they would have one win against Istanbul, assuming they win the next match, they just need to win and they're mm-hmm. pretty much in. So that's asking a lot for a team that didn't look good on Wednesday. No. They showed up today though on the EPL, so oh. I didn't even look. One three one, Bruno Fernandez with two goals and Cavani scored in the ninety fifth. Wow. Yeah. Against a good Everton team too. Wow. I think that I think that Everton Everton team is now severely overrated. No, they're good. They're not great. They're good though. I'm pretty sure they've lost the last four games. Yeah. Something like that. No, they're, they've lost their last three and drew the one before that. Oh, sorry. So they got one point out of what? 12. <laughs> they were 4 0, and now they're 4 1 and 3. Yep. Frauds. Well, they've also played a much tougher last four games <laughs> than they did the first four. Their next, yeah. their next three are pretty straightforward, I think. Fulham, uh, uh, Leeds, and Burnley. I mean, obviously, Leeds would be their difficult one, but then they see Chelsea, Leicester, Arsenal. But is it though? Leeds are currently sitting 13. Uh, uh, con- considering the way they've played the last three weeks, yeah, maybe not. But I like Marco Biesa, so. Fair enough. Well, uh, that'll do it. Let's uh, let's quickly get your thoughts. Final thought for the week, boys. Uh, Irfan, we'll start with you because you missed three weeks. <laughs> um, you got four weeks of final thoughts to get in now. Okay. Um, I'll try and do something that Michael did with us last time, Mickey. Um, you ever look at a word and you type it over and over again and it starts to look really, really funny and you don't think you're spelling it right? So context, I've been like writing papers and like reading and I keep seeing the same words and I think I'm spelling them wrong. So that's been my last four four weeks where I'm writing a word like dementia, for example, because that's my target population. I keep thinking I spell it incorrectly or my degree because I have to keep submitting papers so i spell interdisciplinary wrong but i think it's right but it's not so <laughs> that summarizes the last four weeks of my this is why we life. haven't had him on the show for three weeks folks he's been too busy trying to figure out how to spell words yeah yeah but in a, in a more sports context i i'm I, I like the way touchline's going i'm happy with the way betting house is going as well and i mean our network's doing well so that's my final thought is i hope we keep doing well because it looks good Love the shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, final thought, buddy. Um, I am kind of disappointed with the MLB and the fact that they did not discipline Justin Turner for potentially inf- infecting the entire Dodgers organization. Yeah. Um, Plus MLB officials and yeah, everybody. And, so and, six people are total or something like that, right? Yeah, like the fact that he just said, yeah, 
sorry, not sorry. I'm going to win my championship. It just, I think that there was a precedent they could have set, um, especially with the whole pandemic and everything, the way that's going. Yeah. And there's a chance um, that it could be still a factor next season. Yeah. And then they could have set a precedent on, Hey, you go against our rules. You're getting suspended for this amount of games. You're doing this, like you're paying this fine or whatever it may have been, but to let him off scot free is stupid. Are you I, surprised? In a way, I am. I, I think that you at least have to fine him, at least, mm. right? If you don't suspend him, that's fine. Yeah. But you have to fine him and say, "Hey, you went against our rules. You're paying this dollar dollar value." Well, because right? they they did that to players in the regular season. Yeah, you break protocol, they got fined. Teams got fined. And, and I get and then on the biggest stage, you're not finding him. I get it's a championship. I get I don't it. Care, but that doesn't change anything. It's still a pandemic. It's still a chance that you could, uh, you could get somebody sick. And who knows what happens when they get sick? Like you, you look across the world. Like, yes, people are recovering and stuff, but there's also like hundreds of thousands of people that are dead. So you can't, you can't take this for granted. And and no, I think can't. that I think the MLB. Swung and missed. They failed, hundred yeah. percent. They they struck out on three straight fastballs down the center of the plate, and and these we're talking about like R.A. Dickey fastballs that are like sixty five miles an hour, <laughs> like like stuff that you stuff that you probably should have hit out of the park, stuff and they that just, we could have hit out of the park. Yeah, like they just failed miserably. So, and it's not the first time this year that they've done that. It, it's, I think that brings up the question: Does Rob Manfred need to be removed from his position? Does he potentially? Will he? No. No, I'm I'm asking does he? Will he is a different issue. We have no control over will he. I'm asking, do you think Rob Manfred needs to be removed as the commissioner of baseball? I think it's time. I, I would say yes and no. I think he he handled it well to get the season off the ground. Did he? I, I think so. I think there was a mess. No, well, that's because also the players are fucking. I agree. It wasn't just whiny. him, but he did not handle yeah. it very well because he kept going back on what he was saying for <laughs> the owners. But the fact that he got it done, the only thing he messed up was the fact that they didn't do bubbles because I think that could have saved well, him yes, a little bit more. That's a home issue. Right. So, so that, that's one of those ones where this, this is a whole year that's very, uh, it's unpredictable. We didn't know what was going to happen, all that kind of stuff. Right. But I think. Unless there's a precedent that is set on what your disciplinary action is, it's going to be a disappointment. Yeah, but I'm also adding in the Houston Astros thing that happened, you know, this year as well. Fair. Right? Mm -hmm. In that case, multiple things that are leaning towards Rob Manfred not being fully prepared to do the job that he's paid for. And it just looks really bad on the league that they're not Houston Astros. Not a single player got suspended or fine. Right? Yes, they decided to work out a plea deal basically to say if you work with us, you won't get suspended or fined. But and now Alex Cora and Hitch. manager for AJ Hinch both have a job for next season. They were out for not even a full baseball season. They were out for one calendar year. Yep. The only person who is not hired and not playing from that whole scandal is Jeff Ludnow. That's it. One person. Yeah. Who probably had the least to do with the actual scandal. You would think at least, yeah. Because he's not in he's not in the dugout. 
that's where you look at the MVP. I think, you look at I think you toss the second person in there too, right? Carlos Beltran. Uh, could be the Beltran second. Beltran technically didn't. Hadn't managed the game. Hadn't managed. No, but I mean, but he was hired. So, he like, he was hired. Yeah. But, like, I mean, he like, technically he lost his job, but he also hadn't really started his job. True. In, in fairness, right? Like, so, we're going to see Beltran get hired somewhere. I'm sure he will. Yeah. Maybe not as a manager, but he'll get he'll get hired somewhere. Can can we see managers get hit by pitches? Yeah. We could ask Joe Kelly to do something. I don't know if they can get hit by pitches, but you know umps as soon as those guys are coming out of their dugout. They're just tossing them without having to. Oh, yeah, immediately. Cora, gone. Hinch, gone. Yeah. It's, it's going to happen. So, yeah, that that the long story short, that's that's my final thought. Yeah. Sorry, we made that a full long thought, but it was a question that I wanted to ask you guys anyway. So, um, my final thought, I want to give a shout out to the Dinamo Kiev keeper. I sent this to Irfan. 18-year-old Ruslan Nasheret stepped up. The two senior keepers for Kiev both tested positive for COVID prior to the match. So could not play, obviously. 18-year-old kid steps up and makes 12 saves in his Champions League debut against none other than Barcelona. They lost the game, but it's the most saves in a Champions League match since 2013. It's a hell of a performance from the young kid. And I just, I wanted to give my final thought to him because a lot of Mm -hmm. people, a lot of people over here in North America probably don't realize that what he did and how, how impressive that is. That'll do it for us here this week. Make sure you follow the show at Garage Door Sport on Twitter at Garage Door Sports on Instagram. If you would like to follow us. At Nick McVicker for myself, at Kyle Vardy for Kyle, and at Irfan Manji for Irfan. We kept it very simple with our tags. If you want to follow our other shows, make sure you check them out. You can search them up on Twitter and Instagram and SoundCloud and all that fun stuff. Not all of the shows have Instagram, I will say that. But Betting House for sure. Great job over there by the crew uh, getting everything set up there. Touchline Thoughts has a great Twitter account. Everything you want to talk about on soccer is being posted. 20 minutes on ice for hockey news is always there too. And keep your eyes peeled. We will have a new show coming up in the next week or so. And yeah, we'll just make sure you tune in next week. We will have probably more football talk. It's just not a whole lot of other sports going on. Um, possibly NBA draft preview as well. We'll see if that's next week or the week after. And we'll, we'll, and, uh, we'll talk to some- on the Masters. And that's what I was going to say. We'll t- we'll update you on how the Masters is going as of Saturday morning next week. But for everyone here at Garage Door Sports, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.